Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Okay. Good morning. This is Tracy Murda with Future Tech Podcast, and today I want to thank my special guest, Ben Maluk, the creative manager of Alpha Objects, Inc., the parent company of Lovebots, industry leaders in developing and manufacturing open desk 3D printers who are based in Loveland, Colorado. Good morning, Ben. Thank you so much for joining me. Good morning, Tracy. Thanks for having me. So, Three-dimensional printing, of course, is becoming, you know, really the technology to watch, and I think it's just kind of blowing all of us away as to what this is, what's to come. What do you find um, – well, let's first start off with, for those who may not be familiar, what actually is 3D printing, and how does it work? Sure, sure. Um, 3D printing is, is really uh, a blanket term that covers several technologies. Uh, the common core between all those technologies is that it's you're creating an object via an additive process. So um, our printers, for example, work by um, by melting a plastic filament or plastic uh, plastic line and depositing that layer by layer and creating an object. Some 3D printers work by using lasers or light to cure. Uh, like a plastic resin layer by layer. Some printers work by depositing um, a binder on a bed of powder. Um, and then, of course, there are 3D printers now that are, that are working similarly with ceramics and gels and even cells. So um, basically, it's, it's just a different way of manufacturing objects that allows a lot more geometric freedom than traditional manufacturing methods have and generally is less wasteful. What are some examples that, you know, some of the, the lay people like myself might be familiar with in, for example, in medical uses that I've, I've seen and heard? I'm sure it's all on TV, so you never know what's true or not, but what might right. be some things yeah. you're familiar with? Yeah, the media definitely tends to get a little ahead of the technology um, in what they report on, um, but there is some really cool stuff going on. Um, one example, uh, we have a customer in Brisbane, Australia. Uh, their organization is called Future Here, uh, H-E-A-R. And they are using our printers to print, um, to actually print molds that they then cast silicone um, ear prosthetics for children with. So f- for kids that are born with um, congenital uh, defects where they have you know, abnormally sized or um, shaped ears, um, they're printing prosthetics for them. Uh, well, excuse me, printing the means to create custom prosthetics for them. Um, and prosthetics is like, is probably, you know, is one of the biggest medical applications right now. There's also uh, the Enable project, um, which is creating um, prosthetic hands for people uh, that either were born with, um, you know, without hands or were born with, uh, or excuse me, or, or had to have a, a hand amputated. Um, and so that's, that project has made prosthetics for people much, much more affordable because the designs are all open source and all shared freely online. 
So basically anybody with a desktop 3D printer can print a prosthetic hand for somebody that needs one. Um, and then you know there are also the you know the higher end applications would be like um, surgeons that are printing models of organs with tumors on them prior to surgery so that they can practice essentially prior to actually working on a patient. Um, and then you know the the way out there stuff and the and the thing that you see on the news a lot is people printing organs, um, which is you know it's it's happening and it's definitely happening you know, in the, in the research labs, um, I think it's going to be a while before we see 3D printed organs, you know, as a commonplace thing, but it's coming. And when you talk about the, the prosthetics, so with 3D printing, is the quality of the prosthetic then that of the, the same as a regular prosthetic or better quality? It, it really depends. I mean, there are... Um, yeah. For example, like the the prosthetics that um, that you see, like in the Paralympics, that sprinters are are running with, you know, those mm -hmm. are carbon carbon fiber and things like that, and they're created um, via more traditional manufacturing methods because the goal is, you know, is strength and like rigidity and um, you know a very specific um, function, um, and so. Certain 3D printing applications can provide similar performance, but not all. Um, like I said, 3D printing is a pretty broad term. Um, when it comes to prosthetic projects like Enable, um, it's less about uh, competing with those super high-end prosthetics than it is basically making any prosthetic at all accessible to people that otherwise couldn't afford them. Um, if you think about the the process of customizing something for uh, for for an amputee in general, you know, one of the things you've got to do is you have to get uh, information about uh, like their their stump essentially, like what do they have that a mm -hmm. prosthetic can mount to. And so the cool thing with 3D scanning and 3D printing is you can do all that digitally, and you know, and basically customization becomes the norm rather than like a really challenging process. So that's that's where the prosthetics, you know, the 3D printing's role in prosthetics really gets exciting is that it makes custom prosthetics accessible, whereas they used to cost, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, and so some people just didn't bother right. because they couldn't afford it. Yeah. And are you able to also go ahead and, you know, make the tweaks and make changes and test things out when it, before it's even been printed, therefore saving money that way? Sure. Or just, you know, it, the, the nice thing about um, 3D printing, particularly like open source 3D printers on the desktop, is that the materials are themselves are very affordable. So you don't even necessarily need to test it out ahead of time, you know, prior to printing it. You can mm -hmm. print it see how it fits, you know, if it needs to be tweaked, it can be tweaked and then reprinted. And generally that's a, you know, at a very low cost. So um, iteration is a, is a big benefit of 3D printing is that, you know, you can, you can print 10 prototypes for much less than the cost of making one um, injection mold. That's incredible. So Ben, how do you think 3D printing is going to change the medical manufacturing industry and in medicine just overall? 
Um, I mean, in the near term, I would say, you know, like like I talked about with uh, surgeons making models ahead of surgery and stuff. You know, you're you're looking at better better outcomes for surgical patients, um, and you know, just in general, uh, better preparation. I, I would say, um, and then, like I said before, better access to to prosthetics um, for people with lower incomes. Um, in the long term, you know, it, the sky's sort of the limit. You know, at, at some point, will the technology get to the point where instead of printing a prosthetic, you're printing somebody a new arm? Maybe, <laughs> you know, but that's it's so far from um, from where we're at right now that it's it's hard to say whether that's in 10 years, 20 years, or 50 years, you know. But, but yeah, I mean, the sky's sort of the limit there. What are some of the other industries that might be using the three D printing? Uh, it's it's really made its way. Three D printing has made its way into a lot of industries. Um, uh, big ones for us are aerospace, automotive, um, heavy industries, and then um, beyond. You know those established ind- industries. Three D printing is making um, making its way into startups. So a company that you know. Um, like one example is uh, we had a customer uh, that's making a product called The Wing, which is W-Y-N-G. Um, and we did a case study on them recently. And it's just a, you know, a small, small company, a person who had an idea for making a diffuser for um, flashes, for speed light flashes for DSLR cameras. And um, they're using our printers basically to print a final end-use product um, that otherwise would have been really costly to to tool up to manufacture. So startups are also really taking advantage of 3D printing. Um, and our company actually does the same thing. Uh, you know, we've been around for, I think, uh, going on six years now. So we're, we're not exactly a startup anymore, but we... Uh, we still use 3D printers in our manufacturing process. So we use our own our own printers to print parts to make more of our printers. I love it. Just how realistic of an option is it is 3D printing technology for average consumers? Where are we at there? Right. Yeah, so 3D printing obviously was um, a couple of years ago, you know, very hyped. Uh, there was a lot of talk about how everybody was going to have a 3D printer in their house in no time. And um, the reality of it is that that hasn't come to pass. And a big part of the reason behind that is just that most people don't have the, the computer skills, uh, the CAD, like engineering skills, to design the things that they might print. Um, the other problem was that a lot of the printers being sold on the market were not um, not good quality machines. So people bought 3D printers, got them home. You know, even if they had the skills, they tried to print things. Their prints would fail. You know, um, the parts weren't strong enough, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I think the hype got ahead of the technology there. Um, in terms of where we're at now, um, you know, we have people across all walks of life that buy our printers and are able to use them successfully. Um, but we still, 
advise people that you know think about why it is that you want a 3D printer. Like, do you uh, do you have an interest in like is it art? You know, do you want to print um, vases and sculptures and things like that? Is it because you're a budding inventor or engineer and you want to start designing, you know, machines and components, um, or is it just because you've heard about it and you're interested? Um, and, and that last category is challenging because it's like a 3D printer is is not really a anything more than a novelty if all you're going to print are, you know, things like Yoda heads and faces, <laughs> you know, th th things that you find online. But that's, that, unfortunately, that was the reality for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, yeah. how much are we talking for one of these 3D printers? I mean, is that even realistic for most consumers anyway? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, our printer, um, our, our least expensive printer is our Lulzbot Mini. Um, mm -hmm. That starts at uh, one. 1250 so it's um, you know it, it's not uh, not necessarily something that everybody's going to have on the Christmas list because of the cost but it's definitely accessible for somebody that, that needs it um, sure. uh, on the other hand there are there are printers on the market now for two hundred dollars uh, you know I, I can't necessarily speak to the, the quality of those machines um, right I, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend them um, in general to, you know, as to somebody that that needs one and has to rely on one for work. But right. it's become extremely accessible from a price standpoint. So um, yeah, it, you know, but there are also 3D printers that cost uh, cost in the millions that print with you know print with metals. So the range is pretty huge. So we talked about, you know, the obvious benefits of 3D printing. Are there any others that, you know, someone might not have thought of or that we haven't talked about yet that someone, you know, we aren't aware of? Um, I, I think the, the big one, and it's still just uh, people are still just kind of figuring, figuring it out, is how much better your designs get when you're able to, to iterate quickly. Um, so engineers that don't have access to a 3D printer, you know, they, they have to spend a lot more time basically on the computer, in the program, hoping that they get everything perfect the first time. If, if an engineer has access to, um, like to a desktop 3D printer, they can, they can actually print things out and see how they feel, see how they fit, do all that stuff ahead of time. And then um, so you end up in the long term saving money because you don't end up spending money on injection mold tooling or, you know, getting machined parts that aren't going to work properly. And that's like, I mean, that is the big, you know, probably the most important thing that 3D printing is doing right now. Um, but I, I think the big untapped benefit is for startups, like, like I talked about before, like just mm -hmm. being able to get a manufacturing company off the ground without that, like half million dollar investment in, um, in uh, mold tooling. Are there any drawbacks to using 3D printers or relying on them if it should come to that? Um, I, the, the biggest drawback, you know, and it's the thing that everybody wants to fix is, is the time it takes to 3D print things. Um, 
you know, like if you've got a, like, let's say something like a, like a fist sized object on most fused filament 3d printers like ours, uh, that melt the, the plastic filament to create it. Something mm-hmm. that size is going to take on, on the order of, um, you know, one to two hours to print. And so, um, you know, and, and as you increase the detail, so if you if you print finer layers, so that you so that you get a, a cleaner looking part, that time can go up. Um, so that's you know that's one of the biggest drawbacks is that it takes longer to produce a single thing than it does via other manufacturing methods. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you know, for example, if you were, just um, say like a toy, like a cheap toy that you'd buy out of one of those those little vending machines in a in a store lobby. Um, toys like that, you know, they they make them by the hundreds of thousands, if not you know, if not more, and they make them via an, via an injection molding process. So that each, you know, they've got one big mold, and they can pop out a hundred parts at a time, and they could do that. You know they can they can cycle it really quickly, so you can make a lot of stuff really quickly. But every single object is exactly the same, so um, that's not what 3D printing is good at yet. That doesn't you know that doesn't mean that the technology won't advance to the point um, where it's faster and and more efficient. But right now it is not good for for mass production generally. And where do you see 3D printing? Five, ten, fifteen years now down the road. Um, you know that's that's such a tough question. It's like it's it's kind of a trap. It's like uh, people asking Bill Gates about personal computers back in the eighties. <laughs> um, you know, because it's hard to imagine where it'll go. Because it's, it's if you know if we get like I said before, if we go down the path of. Um, you know, biological printing and, you know, printing body parts and things like that. It's just kind of, it gets mind-blowing really quickly. Um, But I think the most important thing to me and to LF Objects um, is that the technology becomes more and more accessible. And we think the best way for that to happen is for it to to stay um, open source, to stay, for the information to stay free. Um, 3D printing has been around for a lot longer than most people think, but uh, it took a long time for it to to be accessible to people. And a large reason for that is that um, basically the, the technology was patented, it was kept expensive, and it was targeted at uh, at industry. And so... While industrial engineers had access to 3D printing, it was considered, you know, an expensive um, and basically just sort of exclusive technology. And now that it's uh, the open source movement, like the RepRap project, basically pushed 3D printing into the public eye and said, look, there's another way to make things. Um, And so what's important to us is that that, is that the technology stays accessible and stays open like that. So, you know, we work with a lot of different um, filament manufacturers, for example, that are all making different kinds of thermoplastics for 3D printing. Mm -hmm. Um, There are other companies out there that 
are still basically saying, okay, well, we're able to print this one kind of plastic, and we don't want anybody else to have access to it. And that means we can sell our printers for, for more money. And while that may be like a sort of a typical, um, typical business model, um, it's going to hold back innovation. Like we think innovation happens faster when people collaborate. And so right now the cool thing about 3D printing is that there is a global community of people collaborating and sharing resources and sharing information. Um, so I think so long as that community and that collaboration isn't stifled by companies that would rather, you know, lock everything down and hold on to their intellectual property, then 3D printing will continue to accelerate. Um, and in that case, yeah, I mean, I think with kids that are learning how to 3D print in schools right now, um, the way their minds think about how products are created is going to be totally different than the way I think about how products are created or you do or, you know, adults because we grew up in a world where we didn't have 3D printers. Um, but, you know, my son's had a 3D printer in the house since he was three. So <laughs> he's, you know, like... He's ahead he of the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, like I said, it, it's, it's really hard to say 10, you know, 5, 10, 15 years exactly where we'll be. But I think, um, like I said, provided that the technology stays open and, stays accessible to people, um, people will use it, and we'll see. So, Ben, if someone would like more information on what it is that you all do, what is the best way to reach out? Uh, well, I mean, our, our website is a great great place to start. Um, it's just, uh, well, our, our company is called Aleph Objects, Inc., and, uh, and so the website for Aleph Objects is just alephobjects.com, A-L-E-P-H, objects.com. But our, our primary brand and how most people know us is Lulzbot, and so we make Lulzbot 3D printers. That's L-U-L-Z-B-O-T. And uh, you can go to our website at lulzbot.com and uh, check out the Learn section. So lulzbot.com slash learn. Um, and there we have a lot of case studies and a lot of you know news articles and things like that. Um, but the case studies are really a cool way to to find out what people are doing with, with the printers. I mean that's definitely a, that's a question we get a lot at trade shows and things like that is just you know so what are people doing with these things? And the gamut is very broad. <laughs> you know it's from I'm sure uh, making prosthetics for ears to uh, building robots to art, you know, it's just all over the map. Awesome. Well, this is a very eye-opening interview. I appreciate your time this morning. So I just want to give a special thanks to Ben Mullis, the creative manager at Elf Objects, Inc., parent company of Lulzbot in Loveland, Colorado. Ben, thank you again, and uh, keep us posted on what's, what's to come. Yeah, we absolutely will. Thanks so much for having me on the show. All right, have a good one, Ben. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.